You're listening to the Great to Greater podcast with Tiffany Rufino, where we talk about all things business and life. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Great to Greater with Tiffany Rufino. I am here with the salt to my pretzel, Mr. Jeff Rufino. Say hi, Jeff. Hello. Yes, we're on a streak here. I'm loving it. Of me not saying something wacky? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's still time, but like at least <laughs> for this segment. <laughs> yeah. Um, so today is, well, we started October. So welcome to October. Yeah. And wow. October is known for being spooky, right? And, and Halloween-y and, uh, you know, we're not going to skip ahead to Thanksgiving and Christmas. We're going to take our time with October. So with things being a little spooky, I thought uh, I'd do something a little scary with today's episode. Okay, let's uh, let's get scary. <laughs> so uh, today's episode is all around leadership and the thought of leadership and the title of leadership being a joke. Wow. Okay. Which so, is scary because to hear me say that is like, wait, did, did, what just happened? Did yeah. Like, just reverse? Are we in a different like multiverse? Like, what's going on? Yeah, that is kind of weird. So what's funny is, um, and this is why I love my friends and the people in my life so much, not only because of who they are, but just for what they ignite in my thought process. I had a great conversation today with a really great friend, and we were talking about um, leadership in general, mm-hmm. uh, and we were talking about, let me backtrack a little bit. So I had a conversation prior to co- having a conversation with her. I had a conversation with another friend, my apologies, and I was sharing with this friend um, just some thoughts around leadership and you know feedback that I have received in different roles that I've been in and people that I was uh, blessed enough to lead and, and people that just got introduced to me based on the com- the trainings I would do or, you know, big group uh, sessions or whatnot. And I may not have been their leader, but I got some feedback about the podcast and also about, you know, the presentations and facilitations I would do. And this person had shared with me that, you know, it, it sounds like leadership is just like your passion, obviously. And, you know, you should really um, think about getting back into leading people uh, the way that you did. And I said, I I feel like I am just in a different way, in a different platform, in a different scope. And it's with the knowledge that I have. It may not be one-on-one or in a location or um, in a seminar or conference, more to come. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, I think the podcast is a voice. I think my postings on social media or um, on the website, you know, TiffanyRufino.com is a way for me to convey thoughts or ideas or uh, connect with people and, and lead a broader audience, right? And then today I had, again, a conversation with a great friend and um, this friend used to be in leadership and she is no longer in a leadership role by choice. And I asked her, I said, um, do you miss it? Do you miss being around people and, and leading them and, and you know, uh, and she starts shaking her head, wearing FaceTime, and she's like, no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow, okay, that was a visceral reaction, <laughs> you know, tell me why. Because what she does now um, is a completely different industry. Um, you know, she's in a place where she feels like 
she's doing what she needs to do for her life and her lifestyle and to set herself up for success, you know, to be in a position that was greater than what she was in before. And that's important. Yeah, and I totally support that. Um, however, I, what I know of her is that I, I love her as a person, but I also loved her as a leader. So that's where the conversation started to come up. And um, she said, she, and this is where the title came from, and I'm going to have to call her and let her know, <laughs> hey, I used what you said. But she's like, leadership's a joke. And I said, what do you mean by that? And she started to share a story with me about how, um, you know, there was a prestigious um, title or a thing that was going on that she had uh, won, right, for the job that she's in right now. And part of it was that um, they were going to supply her lunch and she was going to like have like this big like event with, you know, the higher ups and stuff like that in, in the organization. And she went and, you know, she was like, lunch was good. And I was like, well, how was the rest of the event? And she just like blinked <laughs> and I started laughing. And she said, you know, there was no conversation. Like nobody was trying to get to know me. I'm newer to the organization. There was no there was nothing. She's like, I'm sitting there trying to make conversation because I'm uncomfortable during a quiet lunch with people I don't really know. And she's like, I'm getting like one word answers. Kind of like it was a task that they had to do because it was in a handbook, not because they really wanted to go and celebrate her for what she accomplished and get to know her because she's now a member of the team that has accomplished X amount in a short period of time. So it's kind of one of those I can I can picture a couple years ago them sending out a survey or or getting feedback from the uh, the employees of the company that they felt underappreciated, and them whiteboarding something like how can we make them feel appreciated? Let's give them a pizza party. Let's let's give them lunch. <laughs> right. And you know just kind of hey here's like, your here's this your should f- smooth everything over. Here's your food. You feel good now. <laughs> have a have a good one. That, you know, uh, a little off topic, but my friend um, Andre had posted (laughs) a meme on Facebook and it said, we all really got hyped up over this when uh, like the school provided the class a pizza party and it was like a quarter of a slice of pizza. You know how they would cut them like Mm -hmm. really, really thin, (laughs) like a juice box or something. And I'm like, yeah, I used to get like super excited about like pizza party and then they're all like. One slice of pizza for a room of like 30 students in middle school. <laughs> um, anywho, yeah, but it's it's that sort of thing. And she said, you know, if you're going to call it leadership, she was like, there was no nothing there to represent leadership. And so, you know, then we went on talking about other stuff or, or whatnot. And like I usually say in our podcast, I have a list of topics. And then by the time we get in front of the mic... It changes because something happened that day that yeah. was just, um, that just sparked. Oh, Almost wait. every time, too. It, yeah, it does. And you could, you can have a plan. The universe laughs at you every time. Um, and I feel like sometimes the narrator of a movie, when I get onto the podcast, and like you have this whole day in this movie that you're watching, right? And then at the end of the day, the person sits down with their journal or with their computer or whatever, and they just like type out the day. And so then I went ahead and I did it. And I'm like, okay, well, this is kind of like that, right? Because I had a list of things to talk about. And then I got sparked when I had this conversation with my friend about leadership is a joke. And it started to have me think about, okay, is it the word leadership that's a joke? Is it the people that are in leadership that are the joke? Is it 
actually having leadership that's the joke or is it certain positions of leadership that are a joke or is all of it just like just flapping your gums like the whole the whole hierarchy you mean like going into work and having somebody you report to is a joke well yeah that's part of it right like but does it really matter what you call it does it really matter what you call somebody that's in charge i mean okay wait hold on let me put parameters around that so, like, I can't call you a-hole if you're in charge, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it kind of does matter. Can't call you, like, the B-word or things like that, at least not to your face. No, just kidding. I can't do, It's not respectful to do any of that. So, does it matter if I call you, oh, here's my leader. Like, take me to your leader. Or, you know, I feel like the little aliens in Toy Story. Ooh, leader. Um, or does it matter if I say, here's my manager? And I ask this. Let's start breaking this part down because... <laughs> Um, in updating a resume... Or, here's, here's my boss. Ah, uh, you. You know that's my the worst four-letter word. I think that matters. I'm not going to... Yeah, I don't like boss. Let's stick with the leader and manager. <laughs> because you, you don't put boss down on a resume, right? Like, you don't put down, I was the boss of X amount of people and da-da-da-da-da. However, it was advised to me that you don't put down that you were a leader either. Because a leader is has a soft connotation to it like yeah i led people and it, it sounds like you almost didn't do anything you were just there to communicate stuff whereas i managed this i did this and we talked about this on another podcast mm-hmm. right and we talked about the difference between a leader and a manager however the whole world isn't on board with that yet yeah it's actually kind of funny because you said that you know you managed this you did this but in my mind the person who's a manager is the one that like i picture uh, somebody just sitting back and going, you do this, you do that. Mm-hmm. Whereas when a leader, that's the person to me who gets their hands dirty. Right. And jumps in with you. Right. Absolutely. I agree with you. Um, I also think that like if you don't put down I was like the the chief operating leader. I was the chief operating manager. You're an officer of, of the company, you know, so it's a little different there. But if you put manager on your resume... It hits a little harder and comes on a little stronger than if you put leader on there. So there's a, a, a prejudice against the word, I think, of being a leader um, versus a manager. And so does the word even make a difference? Like, I think there's people um, that have like a tenure or seniority in an environment that you may work in. And if you don't have somebody that has the title, like maybe they're off that day and a customer wants to speak to that manager or leader or whatever, you would probably go to the next person in seniority, right? Like if if you needed somebody, but they don't have the title of leader, but they just know what to do and they come across as confident. So therefore it's the presence, not the title, that gets the job done and they can take care of the customer. So if you have things like that, do you need to have somebody with a title working there? I think the difference comes down to... Um, the accountability. So if if I've been somewhere for 15 years and my job is to, I don't know, let's do something simple, staple paperwork. That's my job. But I know how everything in my office works. I can tell you what, you know, what the, how the copy machine works. I'm not in charge of that. If something goes wrong or something goes right, it's not really on me. Even though I know how to do it, and I'm going to give you that information. Okay, so let's change the dynamics. Could it be? Like, could we have a world, let's say, where we eliminate, um, like, middle management, 
let's say, like anybody, uh, let's think retail-wise, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do we need uh, middle management there, or could we not empower employees? It doesn't even have to be retail. Let's say it's even in like, you know, include offices and, you know, places like that. Could we not just empower employees to know what, you know, explain what the job is, train them on what the role is that they applied for, that they got hired for, and how this organization expects it to be performed, and then have them do their job without somebody checking in with them every three seconds on their job and asking them every month about their, you know, how are they doing, how are they feeling about their performance and, and all this stuff. Can't things just be communicated back and forth from directly from who's in charge here's where all the documents are that the leader who would have been the middleman could have just relayed to you and then move on. Or do you need a leader in there to filter through information because they just have a better way of communicating directives from one to another? See, I'm already talking myself out of that because then why do you hire the people you hire if they need somebody to communicate better to them? Like, I when I go to hire somebody, my thought is, is that this person understands what the role is, because they applied for it, right? And of course, I would go ahead into detail about the things of how it works in this environment, but they don't need me to hold my hold their hand through it, right? Like if you're, um, until they're trained in the, in the role, like maybe if you worked at, um, I don't know, I'm just going to make up a name, like Super George's Hamburgers, right? And now you're coming over to like, uh, tacky Tiffany's burgers, <laughs> right? I might make my burgers over here different than George does. So I'm going to show you how to do it that way. But then after that, like you get the concept of, you know, what this industry is. So you don't need me to stand by you every step of the way. I just expect you to do what you were hired to do at the role that you were hired to do it. So do you need me there? And if you do, for what? I think a part of it has to do with, and this is on a sliding scale, and I might get in trouble for saying this, but I know, you know, we'll just we'll just say for it. me. No, oh. no. Um, I think it has to do with the with the skill barrier, and the ability of a company to say, okay, now I gave you a foolproof way to do your job. So you know, when we have the two burger places, maybe one of them has a POS system that is that has pictures on it and there's no way to click the wrong thing so when the customer orders these three things if these three things can't be ordered together to make a a combination or whatever there's no way to get that wrong and maybe the first burger place you're just old school writing it on on the ticket the ticket and roller skating it over to like the customer and putting it on the little spinny thing (laughs) If anybody knows what that is, please let me know. The the little spinny thing so that they're making the burger. And now you kind of have to know the shorthand. You have to know the lingo. You have to know um, you have to know the menu. You have to know that uh, they don't put this side on this entree for whatever reason, um, et cetera. Like it, it takes more knowledge. But that's you, part of training. Know. That's not necessarily a manager standing there like, Oh no! Don't put the asparagus next to the mashed potatoes. Yeah, like, you know. Yeah, but at a at a place that has that POS system, you can train that person in an afternoon, and the time to proficiency is a week. Okay. Right. Whereas with at a place where you don't have that, it might be a couple years before you've mastered it, 
and that's a problem then. I think that's a problem then for who you're hiring because if you're looking to be efficient and effective, then mm-hmm. part of your hiring process should be hiring somebody that can pick up things quickly so that your business is ready to set go or has experience. Correct. Hence the pay. Because Hence the seniority of somebody that you can lean on to help train as opposed to having a quote unquote manager there. But also but that's what I'm I think that's what I'm saying is if I walk in and I've been working in this kind of environment where I know all the I know how to work in this type of restaurant where you don't have the pictures on the POS system, you're not gonna pay me nothing. You're gonna pay me something more. You you, you know, I'm work I hate to say I'm worth more. It's not that I'm worth more. My knowledge brings value to the job. And I think some businesses look at that as, well, I don't want to do that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the pictures on the POS system and I'm going to make it all automated and very, very foolproof so that I can get a person who has never been in this industry before and get them to proficiency within 10 seconds. But then I can pay them, you know, peanuts, you know, like nothing. Mm. Um, but then they need a babysitter because not everything is full. It's all, it's only as foolproof as until you really start tapping buttons or whatever. Well, you I don't know. know. Like, you know, the, the theory is, is that people don't usually talk about an experience or a business or the people they work with unless they're complaining usually. And usually that's just to gain validation. Like you're not going to hear a lot of the good stuff, right? Yeah. So there's usually, um, a buzz about, the current manager or current leadership and a complaint about all the things that they don't do, of course, overlooking the things that they do do, Mm -hmm. right? Because there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes and a a lot of people think mostly about this particular location versus other locations or other employees or other, you know, um, maybe management that they have to work with every day and the customers that they deal with and all this stuff. So, there's a tendency to have a feeling that just because what you see right now as perception is what this person is as your leader as a whole and, and the perception is as an employee, I could do their job. I can make that money if that's all they do and all this stuff. And then, um, so I wonder if they're brought into that role, right? Let's say we get rid of this manager, we get rid of all the managers that are in that position at that level, and we say to employees, okay, we're going to Dave Ramsey you, right? And Dave Ramsey has a term called entree leadership. It's going to be like you get to manage yourself with the role that you were given and help make this location as a team the location that you know it to be. Well, now you have, what, maybe like 15 employees that all think differently about how it should be run, mm-hmm. right? Nobody that's guiding them to uh, the single target that's on the back wall. Um, you have people with different ways that they would treat customers, some that would like be, you know, white glove them and be like, oh, I'm so sorry that... You know, you didn't get a pickle on your um, Tacky Tiffany's burger, and we're just going to give you, like, the whole entire jar of pickles and Mm -hmm. have a great day. And then there's another person that would come up and say, no, 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 you don't talk that way. You didn't ask for the pickle. You're not getting the pickle. And then you have the one that's, like, ready to jump over the counter and, like, you know, uh, (laughs) duke it out or whatever. And then you have somebody that doesn't know what a pickle is and didn't realize, and they're standing there, like, with a deer in headlights, right? So... Their challenge is that there's different personalities in one location, and if you don't have like one central person to go to, then there's chaos. Um, the other challenge is, is that if you tell employees, okay, you guys are all the leaders of this location, some employees are like, well, give me more money. 
because if I'm going to be doing more to take on this role, just like you said, um, then that deserves more money. So the person that you're letting go split their salary between all of us. So now the company's like, shoot, I thought I was saving money and now I have to divvy it up because now they're taking on a bigger role to do all of this, right? Like who's going to take care of the schedule? Who's going to put in payroll? Mm -hmm. Who's going to handle the customers? And then the other thing is not everybody wants to be a leader. Some people, like some people are just talented enough. Yeah. To, I understand it very quickly. I can uh, apply it very quickly. I just know the right way. I have the creative solutions. I have the talent to, uh, you know, make this look right. This just comes naturally to me, but I don't want to help everybody else do it. Like you were saying before. Right. Um, and then there's the thought of you need managers there for that purpose. You need them to be the lighthouse for the location to guide everybody in the storm, but also to uh, inspire them when there is no storm. Is it? I wonder if it's industry specific because I think there's some places where, and, and again, I, I go back to the, the sliding skill scale. I think there's some places where maybe the team can manage itself and everybody knows what they're doing. And, you know, I'll, I'll, there are places that are like super skilled, like, a hospital or a law firm or something like that where <laughs> an experienced lawyer probably doesn't need a manager going, hey, did you fill your briefs and blah, 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 and, you know, whatever. See, but I think, so I agree with you for the lawyer part. I mm-hmm. think when it comes to maybe like a hospital environment or a doctor's office, you need a central person doing the thing so that, like, everybody can take care of the patients while you have somebody doing the administrative stuff or at least it, being yes. the director of where people need to go because I don't have time to, to figure all that out while I'm saving lives and making people healthy and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah. yeah, I agree. I think different environments require different things. And it's almost weird. Like, I, I, I don't want to discount. I mean, having an administrator is super important, but I don't consider that, like, a leadership role. I consider it more like you're you're doing the the tasks that need to get done for the business to move. So, well, then I said director. That kind of tells everybody mm-hmm. where to go. And I think maybe you're not my boss per se, but you're still t- directing me on this is where I need, I need you in the ER right now, or I need yeah. you over in or like, or you're Nikki patrolling or this area Correct. today, and this is your. So at you know, that time, you're my boss. You're also telling me, look, you've already clocked like 14 hours. You have to go home and get like at least eight hours of sleep, get ready, and then come back before you can be in the next. So they're keeping track, but they're if they're telling me what to do, like at that point, they're maybe not my manager, maybe they're my leader. Maybe that's how we would phrase it. Either way, they're in charge of what I'm doing for that day, because my mind is on. 8,000 million things. That's not a number, but well, we're going to make pretend it is. <laughs> let's, let's, by, I'm still having trouble with it because by that rationale, if I took the administrative assistant to like the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Just a side note, Pacino growled at you when you said that you still had like a challenge with that. <laughs> In his sleep, he was like, here we go. <laughs> well, but like, if, if I'm the administrative assistant to the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, I'm going to spend a good amount of time telling that dude or female for that that person mm-hmm. where to be like you have a five o'clock yep and i can't move it we have to go yeah and at that point am i the ceo's leader or am i just kind of taking on a role to make sure that they don't miss the thing that they you know usually that's um an executive assistant right so the executive part dictates like 
executively I'm executing this person's schedule and lifestyle while they are in my care. And I could see like, hey, you're... I'm assisting you in your outfits crooked or or you know, you know, whatever it is. Um, But I don't want to go too far down that because that's just a a, a way off tangent to bring it back. I think that you mentioned taking the manager's salary and divvying it up. And I would venture to guess that if it wasn't the employees asking, but it was the company saying like, hey, managers are gone and we're taking part of their salary and giving it to you guys. So everybody got a 5% raise today. I think if it was that as opposed to them saying, well, pay me more, mm-hmm. you may have a lot more goodwill from your employees that, that, that where they would all of a sudden say, wait a minute. Oh, you're giving me more? Yes, I want to step up and do more because you gave me more money. Then that would create the honeymoon phase that only works as long as there's no problems. As soon as a problem comes up, mm-hmm. I don't get paid enough to handle this. Yeah. That's what happens. And so in that sense, that 5% works for me to move up. But honestly, what am I getting for it? I'm getting the headache that the company didn't want to deal with. Right? So I'm getting more work. But I'm not getting anybody that's growing me. Uh, it's kind of just like on the job learning and I'm just figuring it out as I go. I don't have, um, honestly, a title. Not that I need one to throw around, but one that I can take with me to the next role or at least demonstrates the experience that I had, right? So I could be a cashier, but now if I'm leading and managing the store and I put all that stuff on my resume, but at the end of the day, my title was cashier when they called to check, then it's kind of like, why were you doing all these things but never promoted, quote unquote, to a management role and all this stuff. And then you try to explain it at your interview. Like, well, I just did all this stuff because they just paid me a little bit more to do it. And then it's like, hmm, what? Like, well, yeah, it does. It. it does end <laughs> up being a little weird, especially. Well, it almost sounds like you're, I would think in my mind that you're a pushover that people can just dump work on you. Right. Mm-hmm. So sitting in the hiring seat, it's like, Oh, so you're just willing to do all the things and get paid you know, just a little bit without a conversation in there. Like, that's the impression that I would get from what's on paper and then what the duties were underneath it with no explanation that really justified it or made sense. So in that regard, the title is important with when it comes to going to another job or improving your career. And if I think about the fact that we're in a different age than we were 20, 30, 40 years ago, where now a career is five years, 10 years. I didn't know that 40 years ago. (laughs) I don't know how old you are. (laughs) No, but like, if you, if you think about it, you know, you think about like, I said, good day, sir. (laughs) In the, in the fifties. I wasn't around in the fifties. Way before we were born. Way, 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 way before you or I were born. Um, People would go to a company. imagination. (laughs) And but but they would be in that company for thirty years, forty years, and they'd retire one spot. Mm-hmm. Now it's commonplace to find people who move get around the, get the seven years. year itch, yeah. and then they not say, even it's more of like it could be a year or two year itch, yeah, and it's not frowned upon, right? Because the thought is is that, and that's another thing is that when you do that, you're looking for more experience, mm-hmm. right? Because at that time you probably maxed out. Uh, 
what you're able to provide in value to the company. So, and the company is not providing any further growth value for you mm-hmm. usually, or you're looking to change industries or a lifestyle change, whatever it may be. But a lot of times, whatever you put on your resume, right? Think about it this way. I think resumes should be thrown away. I think resumes should not have the standard. Where did you work? What times? What, like all that stuff I think should be gone. I think your resume should have, um, a, a listing of what skills you're going to provide to the role that you're applying for and maybe one or two examples provided of how you demonstrated those skills in the past. Because most of the time when you're looking for a new job, you're not looking to do the same thing you just did. Um, you're looking to do something greater, right? Go from great to greater, mm-hmm. ideally. Um, even if, you know, you were in a place where you didn't have a job or you were, um, let go from your job, whatever the case may be, or or the organization no longer exists, and you're looking for something similar, you're still looking for something greater than it was, um, either in benefits, in the amount of hours that you work, the people that you work for, what exactly you're doing, um, you know, and even if it's something that, let's say, was human rela- uh, human resources, Right. Usually if you go from company to company, it's the same sort of thing. You're dealing with the humans in the business and the policies and the benefits and everything else. However, in the new role, maybe you're taking on a couple more things. Maybe you're learning a new payroll system. Maybe you're in a different state where you're learning the differences in taxes and benefits and OSHA and like federal stuff and that state law Mm -hmm. and like everything else. So there's always something that's going to enhance what you're doing. Um, so that's that's just my thought process on resumes in general, which is why I, I go back to the thought of, do we need the title of leadership and manager? Um, let, let's say we still need the role. Let's say we still need somebody that can just be the lighthouse that I was talking about, the right? The decider. The decider. Um, somebody that just keeps like the the ship running smoothly so it doesn't sink, that sort of thing. Everybody knows who to go to for comments, concerns, feedback, questions, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, do we have to call them anything other than other than their name? Like, why does a customer need to know if somebody is the manager or not? And, you know, I'm thinking about this as we're going through this. And this is actually fascinating because why do you need a lighthouse? Well, that's what this whole conversation started out to be. Is leadership a joke? Weren't well, you here? No, you but, right here. but I'm saying like, <laughs> we're, we're, because we're saying you need somebody to be the, the decider. Correct. But why wouldn't your corporate culture be that decider? You know, I'm thinking of the situation where you have the three people, one that wants to give give away the farm when somebody has a complaint. Right. Another person who doesn't want to give away anything. Another person who's like... The jump over the counter person. Jump over the counter or deer in the headlights. If you have a company culture... That is pretty much well communicated from the top. And by that I mean our culture is that we protect profits before everything else. Okay, so if somebody comes in, I have to make the right decision for the company. And I'm not gonna give them I'm not gonna give them all the money in the world, blah blah blah. Our culture is that customers happiness is paramount and the money will come after that. Okay, so I know that my company, when there's a complaint, wants me to make sure I do anything in my power to make sure that person's happy. He, okay, I got you right there. I okay. got you. So you and I had a conversation last night. We were talking about uh, the law, mm-hmm. right? 
And what you said was the catalyst for that is the word reasonable. Yes. So um, when we were discussing the law last night, it was a matter of like there's too much broadness in what people would decide as uh, like the language in the law is that reasonable, whatever, X, Y, Z, right? That yeah. sort of thing. So when you tell a for a, of, and and for context. lawyers don't come at me for a lay person. And, and we were talking about it in the context of like going to jury duty and hearing the word reasonable for lawyers. They know exactly what that means. There's a standard. There are a whole bunch of tests and, you know, uh, different ways to measure that versus for. You know, somebody you and me going to somebody, be on the jury. Somebody who delivers pizzas or is a project manager at a Fortune 500 company or whatever. Those two people have different perspectives. You and I have different perspectives Correct. of what reasonable Absolutely is. Absolutely right. Right? And it depends on the topic. It depends on how we're affected. And, I mean, there's so many variables mm-hmm. for that. That goes exactly the same for work. Right? So... Even though you have a culture that creates, like, do whatever's right for the customer, the customer is always right, you will have that person that gives them everything in the store, right? You will have the person that gives them the minimal because they're like, that's reasonable. I I am here to make you whole, not to make you holier than whole, mm-hmm. right? And then there's never a standard because everybody will do, like, different levels of an experience for a customer. So you still have nobody guiding, this is the standard. We're not going to, because what comes into play is possible discrimination um, because you have uh, Andy that gave like the whole world to a customer. And then as the customer is like packing up and so happy, you have over here, Mark, who was like, I'll just exchange this one thing. And the customer might be like, you know, uh, different than the last customer in gender, gender, race, whatever. And they're looking at it like, why did they get that? And I'm just getting this. And especially when I was nice, you know, because then it, it starts tumbling and avalanching. And then if we follow the thread, now you can not just define it in vague terms, like do whatever it takes. But then you can just start saying, well, if the error was $20, the customer gets 5 And now you're micromanaging from your ivory tower creating, you know, I, I picture a huge company that's nationwide having... Well, if you're in New York, New York, or in Philadelphia, and the error was $50 or more, then you give the customer, you know, the guidance is 3%. And, and discount that by the bag that they had to pay for to put the items in. And yeah, the and, then, they, and, then, and then every person in your company has to bring out a calculator to go, uh, let me see how much I'm going to give you. Click, 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 right, click. Right in front of the customer. Yeah, as the, opposed to just using their judgment. Well, here's the other thing as we talk through this, right? So we talk about why not just have eliminate a middle person and have the direct communication from the top to the front line, right? Mm-hmm. And the challenge is, is that the front line is the one that's going to get the brunt of whatever's coming back. So even though I may, as an employee, right, that has like the extra 5% bump from the middle manager not being there and, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody has a key to the store and that sort of thing. Like, everybody's allowed to do whatever. Um, I might take care of that customer reasonably, which in my mind is 110%, and that customer may flip out on me in the store while I'm at the register and, like, go bananas for whatever reason. Maybe it was the way I came across they didn't like what I was offering to them or, or whatnot. Um, I'm the one that has to handle it in that moment. 
So whatever calculations were provided to me, me saying to you, if you're flipping out on me, well, that's what the company policy is. Here's the book. And if you look at the back of the receipt, Mm -hmm. it says it all right there for you. Like, you know, I've had it where, well, it says on the back of the receipt, you have to bring it in within 31 days. And, um, you know, it's like 32 days now and we can't do it for you. It's right there in like the thermal print. You know, you get that backlash from the customer. And I, that's why I think that phone call that we had um, like a week or so ago, we, we had to call customer service because of a mix-up with uh, something that we received. And <laughs> we were trying to receive these items prior to uh, the hurricane. And our hurts go out to everybody that's been affected by this. And I hope that our podcast family, friends, and, and acquaintances are doing okay. And if you're not, please reach out so we could see how we could um, broaden the communication there to get you some help. Um, however, we were preparing, and we got the wrong items from this location, and uh, Jeff called the company, and the first person, there wasn't anything that this first person could really do within their school. And they didn't do anything no, wrong, per se. But they did the whole conversation of what I'm allowed to do what I am able to do what I can only do well Jeff's like if that's all you can do then I'd like to speak to the person that's your manager yeah right and that's that's the person you went straight to and so when the manager came on um the manager was talking through kind of the same options that the first person was but then when Jeff realized that the manager didn't get clear communication on what the situation was, Jeff had to re-explain the situation. The manager made everything right, you know, at the end of the day. But I was sitting in the room and I, you know, Jeff had said something along the lines of, you can see why this is frustrating, um, you know, seeing that there's a hurricane coming. And I could have sworn this person said, well, you're not going to have a better experience from here on out. (laughs) I was just like... Oh, like <laughs> you just anticipate like this is never going to be fixed. Like this is what it is. And I was that's kind of like I guess I might have stuck in the back of my head as to um, you know, employees thinking, well there's never a manager here, so like it's never going to get better, you know, from this point on. I Jeff said I heard him wrong. He was on speaker. It could have gone either way. Um I don't see why somebody would say that, but I could see why somebody would be stressed and say that and it still makes me laugh. But um you know, at at the end of the day, like at that point, you do need some, at the end of the day, I'm using the terms. Oof. I'm sorry. Um in conclusion, <laughs> I think you need somebody there that is removed from the immediate situation if it's customer related so that they could come up, give the employee a reprieve from the emotions that are there, give them a chance to like go in the back and not have to deal with this customer and um, hear anything like, you know, it's just, it's separating a a high emotion environment, um, but can come in and can be a problem solver because when they're not there from beginning to end, it's a different way to come in as kind of like counselor and authority to, go ahead and handle this person, honestly. And it is handling a customer when they're, you know, at that peak stage. And you've seen me do it, and I Mm -hmm. wasn't even working at the store. (laughs) We were shopping in a store. I don't think I've shared this story in a podcast, though. Um, You remember this story, right? Yeah, so we were shopping in a store. We had to go return something. It was a clothing store. And so we stood online, and um, as as we're online, we go ahead, we return the items. The, The line was really long. 
a lot of people were returning stuff. I don't remember if it was around the holidays. It might have been for it to it be was. that busy. Yeah. And um, as I finished the return, like the customer service ladies, even though they were overwhelmed with everything they had going on, they were they were doing great. They were cheerful. Like there was nothing that was condescending or sarcastic about the things that they said, you know. Um, and I'm walking away and I hear a woman or go up to customer service and it, it I can hear it's already elevated the conversation. And so I tell Jeff, I'm like, let's go down this aisle. And Jeff's like, why are we going down a greeting card aisle in a clothing store? And I'm like, no, I want to hear this conversation. And Jeff's like, what conversation? I'm like, the woman that's like arguing with the customer service lady. And he's like, what? And I'm like, just, and so, um, I'm listening and the woman's got all these clothes that have no tags on them. She doesn't have a receipt. She wants the money back on her card and she wants it done today. And I mean, like she has a ton of full of stuff because right now I'm like, you know, the pink Panther peeking around the corner, watching what's going on. And then, um, the customer service woman is just kind of repeating back to her what she's asking for just to make sure she understands. And I understood it based on experience because it didn't sound condescending. She's like, okay, so there's no tags on these. And the woman's like, no. And she's like, okay, and there's no receipt anywhere. And she's like, no. She's like, and do you have the card? And she said, no, I don't have it with me. She's like, why are you talking to me? And she starts like cursing and flipping around. And I'm, I felt my heart racing. I'm like, this is not okay. And the woman's like, I want to speak to your manager. You're being rude to me. And I knew in my heart that this customer was causing a distraction from the fact that she wasn't prepared for what she needed. And she was just hoping that they would get rid of the squeaky wheel, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's just give her whatever she wants, get her out of the store because we don't want to deal with this and we don't want the other customers to see what's going on. Um, now, the woman at customer service, I'm going to say that she was seasoned. She was seasoned more than I was because she, I, I say seasoned instead of older. I feel that's more respectful, right? Yeah, more experienced. But I could see her face change from when she was helping us, right? Like I peeking around the corner, I could see like she was crumbling. And I was like, all right, they called the manager up. The manager came over and I heard the customer, like you and I like started to walk away at that point because we knew that authority was there. Like, what were we going to do, right? And the woman is just complaining and complaining and complaining to the manager that the customer service lady was rude. So you and I are walking up to the front of the store, and I don't know if I told you to go ahead without me or yeah, what happened at that point. I my, I was mentally in the car already. Yeah, you were like, <laughs> let's just go home. I'm like, uh, you go ahead, I'll be right back. And so I went back to customer service. Um, everything must have been handled with the woman. The manager was still there and, and the um, customer service lady was there and the customer service woman was like fighting back tears. She's like trying to wipe them discreetly mm-hmm. um, before she takes the next customer and the manager's like right next to her and the manager's not really consoling her and I get it like as a manager, maybe you're not like that empathetic. A lot of people are still practicing empathy, right? And, mm-hmm. and learning empathy and she's just like, you know, move on. It's the holiday season. People are going to be what it's going to be but this woman... Um, takes pride in her job and, and this customer had attacked her character based on yeah. you know what she perceived. Uh, so I cut the entire line <laughs> of people and I'm just like, excuse me, excuse me. I was like, oh, I'm just going to be a second. Like, you, you get, I'll be right back. Um, so I go up to customer service and I was like, I just want to tell you the way that you handled that was so classy. I said, you did nothing wrong in that c- scenario. I said, you did nothing differently than what I would have done. I said, she came up here ready to fight, and she, I said, I heard it from start to finish. I said, and I, I just need you to know, and I want your manager to know that um, you 
represented your organization in a great way. And I said, but please don't think that you came across the way that she said that you did. I said, because I did not hear that at all. And I guarantee you everybody online didn't hear that at all. And I made this poor woman like ball even more. And I felt so bad because that was not my intention, but I wanted her to know like, you're valid, like you're validated right now. And, you know, when I see these TikTok videos of people that are, uh, you know, calling out the customers that can be that way. Um, I mean, we've talked about this on a previous episode or whatnot, but I do appreciate it because I know what it's like being in that position of having to front line with people and you never know what you're going to get. Right. And that's rough for an employee, but it's a little easier for somebody that has the tool set, the, the tool set, the skill set, um, and the tools to be able to uh, take care of the customer in a different way than the employee would. And maybe it's through experience, maybe it's through like customer service training and knowing what the highs and lows are for what they can offer somebody. Um, and also when somebody is trying to get one up on them. And maybe also having uh, the communication, maybe they have a headset while they're in the store. So they have the communication with loss prevention where they could say, hey, this is somebody that's a bolo I'll be on the lookout with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't want to do anything special for them. Or, so there's there's a little bit more that they have as far as information goes where they could take care of it seamlessly while the employee can go ahead and, and um, catch a, a break for a second and then go back to doing other things, maybe to get a reprieve. Um. I hate that these scenarios are so adversarial. I mean, it's in the nature because the customer, I mean, especially in like a return scenario, customer wants to get their stuff back. The company wants to save that sale as opposed to save the customer. Well, that's the other thing. Like, what do you sacrifice respect for the sale? Like, do you allow your employees, do you have a policy in place, leadership, organizations, do you have a policy in place when a customer is screaming at an employee, maybe you have a supervisor on hand, but you don't have like the store manager or an assistant manager or a district manager or a regional manager or a leadership there when, like I just saw a TikTok of a woman that was screaming at an employee at Dunkin' Donuts because the employee did not put the change in her hand. She put it on the counter. And the woman is slamming the counter, throwing things all, no, you get back here, you give me the respect, and you put the money back in my hands, or I'm going to come over this counter, and da-da-da-da. Another employee comes over and tries to help, and she's like, I'm not leaving here, you call the cops. And and I'm just like, first, like, why? Why, right? I'm not, I'm not going to lie. If somebody put my change on the counter, I would... I would look at it funny, but it wouldn't be enough. I'm just going to take my time because trying to pick it up with my nails is going to be a problem. So, like, if you're that wouldn't be enough for me to be mad with all the stuff that (laughs) that happens out in the world. It would be it would be for me to be like, oh, I wonder why they. If they threw it on the counter and like it's rolling off everywhere, then it'd be Mm -hmm. like, are you all right? Like, but at the same time, I could be passive aggressive if I'm in that kind of mood. I'm human, right? So, like, there's a quarter right here. So if I try to pick it up with my nails. (laughs) And you gave me like 96 cents in change and none of it has quarters in there. You're going to have to wait while I pick this up. So you, whose problem is it now? Yeah. <laughs> and the line is building and I'm just looking back at everybody like, this is fun. <laughs> I got to get my money. It's like those claw machines trying to pick up the stuff down. <laughs> it's just not going to happen quickly. And that was the quarter. Imagine the, the dimes in there. <laughs> I don't have to imagine. I have the claws. <laughs> I know exactly what it's like. But, um, but so, I think you do need like a decider and 
I think of two scenarios, and they'll be super quick. The The first one is I used to work at a company that has been around for a very, 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 very long time. Talking the Forever company... is a very, very, very long time. The, the company's been around since the 1800s. And so we used to joke around when people thought about, like, a, a customer complaining and saying, hey, I have a unique scenario, saying everything that could possibly be said has been said to this company because mm-hmm. it's been around forever. But that's not really true because although the scenarios might repeat themselves, the reaction to the solution has not. And the customers, like, uh, the build-up to the issue. Correct. Not, you know, so like- the, the situations do get unique. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing is that you can't, you no matter how much you want to automate the decision-making process, you can't account for everything. So there's always going, there are going to be scenarios that no matter how micromanage you make it, there's, there are going to be gaps. Right. And I used to explain that to my leaders too, when they would say, how would you handle this? How would you, and I'm like, I can't give you a handbook for every situation. You got to lead with your heart yeah, and with what you know to be right and integrity and common sense. And then the second thing is I worked the, it was a few years back when I was in a customer facing environment i would love to put a pause on my conversation with the customer and go somewhere else and like disconnect mentally disconnect from the person and go to a place where i was reaching out to another version of authority maybe even one that wasn't in the in the building well, so hold on, I need you to clarify, because I'm really picturing a customer in front of you giving you a hard time and you staring at them and just blinking while your mind goes off to daydream. No, okay. and this, is a, this is a physical disconnect. <laughs> I just see the slow blink. This is me of... saying, okay, I'm going, I'm going to escalate this for you. Okay. And <laughs> not you. to like my direct manager that's right here or my direct leader that's right here. I'm talking, I'm going to go up. Now, was that to provide a perception or was that like really what you were doing 98 percent of the time it's actually what i was doing i was going to a place where the customer could not go you weren't calling the store manager from the back room while they're out on the floor okay no (laughs) and and i'm going over and escalating this scenario and the company i worked for just happened to have a method to do that and in some cases i got an answer right away in some cases there was a couple of days where i would say hey give me a little bit of time to work on this but no matter what the answer was, now that I've done that escalation, not everybody would be happy with the solution that came back. But I was mm-hmm. because it's not me doing it. So it's it's easier for me to take the screaming and yelling when I'm like, well, hey, I told you I was going to bring it up to the highest point that I could. And now that person who doesn't speak to customers and doesn't have time for this has told me that this is the solution that we're providing for you. And so you either take that solution or you leave it. And in most cases, that is enough for for a person to say, okay, at least you didn't give me the runaround and say nothing I can do or this is as much or this is what I'm allowed to do. Um, because to, to reference the phone call that I had with the when we got when we received the wrong items, I wasn't looking for what you are able to do as far as like a monetary compensation. There was a hurricane coming. Yeah. So what I wanted was the items. Like, Correct. I don't care if you give me a billion dollars in that. I mean, maybe a billion dollars. But like, I don't care how much compensation, quote unquote, you give me. There's a hurricane and I want to be be sure that me and my family are safe. First and foremost, 
and we can worry about everything else later. And chances are, by the time it, you know, I'll forget. I'll just say, ah, well, you know, whatever. At least I got my stuff. Right. So. Well, so going back to the other situation in the store where you would, um, let me go in the back and escalate this. So essentially you skip leveled the person that was in the store to go to whoever was above them. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? So the store manager or assistant manager or whoever was in there, you were just like, yeah, no, we're going to go, we're going to bypass that. Correct? Correct. All right. Now, if we had that, if we took what we said as a premise and the, and the problem and we said, okay, the premise is, is that what if we got re- leadership's a joke? Let's get rid of middle management. Let's get rid of those store managers and assistant managers because our employees are already skipping them anyway, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we're going to empower the team to do what they need to do. The difference between you doing that and an employee in my Tacky Tiffany's Burger Shack doing that is that I know in that role, the sales that you had increased your pay. Whereas the sales at Tacky Tiffany's Shack, sorry for anybody that's going to apply, you don't get commission on the burgers that you sell. So there's more of an incentive for you to retain a client or a customer or have them come back for like different sales and different things and more um, incentive for you to take initiative and be empowered because that reflects directly in the paycheck at the end of the day or at the end of the month, right? Mm -hmm. Than it would be for somebody who's getting paid hourly. Yeah. um, But even, even if it wasn't, even if it was just like hourly or whatever, I think each interaction that you have with a customer, um, there's a there's a level of and, I, and you know, I'm going to use the term reasonableness that you should expect from yourself, and there's a level of reasonableness that you should expect from the customer. It's, I don't think that's the word though. I think it's respect. Respect, yes, but I mean, you can all you can be respectful and, and expect the world, you know, and. And the fact that you don't get it is is okay. But not to me. Not if I'm if, expecting it. <laughs> it's different from like if I was selling, say, my car and I'm selling it myself. I can decide to sell my car for ten dollars if I don't need the money. Doesn't matter. But when I'm an employee of a company, I'm representing a person who's representing a company, who's representing shareholders, who's representing et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's just what it is in a lot of cases. So the ability that people have to make you leave really, really happy because you, you, you got a windfall is diminished. So you do need somebody like it's a, such a wide berth of things that you can do. And you do need somebody to kind of narrow it down for each scenario, depending on what it is. I mean, in some there's some companies I know that if you are really nice and you call their customer service line just for being nice you get whatever you want and it doesn't matter what happened if you're a if you're a jerk they'll they'll send you back and they'll be like okay well you get nothing i don't care what what got messed up so it's just to me i think there needs to be Somebody there to kind of call balls and strikes is 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 kind of how I look at it, which which is a necessary evil, and I hate describing it as that because it almost I think it diminishes what the the leadership role is. I don't think it diminishes. I think it casts a shadow on what it is because mm-hmm. you know there is more to it obviously than dealing with um, 
some things that could be perceived as negative as opposed to a strengthening tool, right? You know, there's always that uh, positive verbiage that's said that can um, persuade somebody to take on a role, which is really just shoveling the sh- um but it doesn't have to be it's really who the person is in their uh, in their core and um in how they were raised in the business world i'll say it that way and that you know you you got the role because a you probably went after it or somebody came to you and shined a light on the things that you didn't realize were strengths and you realize that this could be an opportunity for me to make this place better, like in a greater environment, because I really enjoy what I do. I enjoy who I work with. I enjoy the customers that come in and different aspects of the job, right? And this could be a, a learning experience for me. Or it could be, you know, um, I've done every role in this company except for this one. And, you know, at this point, I know the ins and outs of the organization and I know where the problem spots are. And if I was in leadership, then I would have the... Um, the pathways to, to fix those things and, and to make it greater. And I, I think the word leadership and manager are represented by the person and who they are. And I, when I think about people that I've spoken to that have, you know, I've had to speak to that were in a higher position than the original first person that I may have spoken to, I can't tell you for the life of me if they were, if their title was a manager or leader. I really can't like I can't go through like all those scenarios and and think about you know those things I could tell you what they look like I could probably tell you most of their names because I try to you know make sure that that's how I address them you know um I, I I'm respectful in that sense um I think that at the end of the day having a leader or a manager whatever you decide to title it as your business um it's not a joke I think that the person that's in the role can make it a joke if you're giving them management tasks masked as leadership. Wow. We have a website. It is TiffanyRuffino.com, and it was just recently launched. And so today, instead of giving you all the social medias and places that you can reach out to us, I'm just going to say go to TiffanyRuffino.com. You can actually listen to this very podcast Rufino there. Rufino with one F. Yeah. Tiffany Rufino, one F. Um, you can listen to this podcast there. Uh, you can actually get more information about what Tiffany does, which is pretty cool. And you can send us feedback. You have um, many different methods to get in touch with us. So go there today. And I have a couple of people to respond to. So I will be getting back to you this week. So thank you very much for your communication. And don't forget to like, subscribe and share on our podcast. Great to greater with Tiffany Rufino. We appreciate you guys and we'll see you next week. Bye.